This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. business as an executive leader, you're always looking out for key talent, new people that you can bring into the organization. So what I want to highlight today are five areas to take a look at when you are thinking about who else to bring on the team. So for one thing, you want to look at interest. That's number one. Number two, you want to look at abilities. Number three, values. Number four, culture. And number five, personality. So let's say that you're hiring for the chief financial officer in your organization. You want someone who has the ability to think strategically about the financial situation of the organization. You want that person to have high level math ability and skills as well. And you want that person to also be interested and doing this type of work. Now, there are times when someone may have the ability, they can do the work of the chief financial officer. However, that's not really where their passion is. That's not really what floats their boat. They don't necessarily want to do that type of work. So if you hire someone who fits into the category of, I can do it, but it really doesn't excite me, you're probably only going to have that person engaged for a shorter period of time. Or if it's difficult to bring their whole heart to the job, they may not even be able to leverage all the skill and ability that they do have. So it's this mix of both the interest in what the job is, as well as the skill and ability to be able to do the job. Now, there's some people, they have an interest in the work, and no ability to do the work. And that's a real recipe for disaster because the person's in the role, everyone's depending on them. And though they are passionate about it, they cannot perform at the level where you need them to perform. They don't know how to do that job. And maybe they're so far behind. It's not like you can really address an on-the-job training. Ideally, when a person is going into a new role, there will be new skills, abilities, perspectives that they will learn in the job. However, there is a foundation, a baseline they have to have before they even get there. And so you want to make sure that you are assessing for that even before you interview the person. Because in your initial assessment, if you determine they don't have sufficient skill and ability, don't even interview that person. Don't even go any farther because that's a non-starter right there. So that combination of skill, ability, and also interest. Thirdly, you want to think about what the values are that went into shaping your organization. As an executive leader, you have some values that are important to you in terms of how you built the business and those values really relate to the culture that you have built. For example, let's say you had a value of excellence. 
then you're going to want to find people who have some values that are at least in alignment with excellence or in alignment with other deeply held values, whether they be honesty, service, innovation, speed, whatever it is that's a value for you, you want to make sure that others also have that as well. Maybe a value is making a lot of money, being very profit-driven, and you hire somebody who's more of an altruistic philanthropist type person, and they're more into giving money away than they are into earning money, that could be a values conflict. So you might have a person who has the skill, they may have the interest in the role, and in terms of your organization, there may not be a very strong or very good values fit or connection. Sometimes you may not always notice it at the values level, where you might notice the challenge is at the culture level, because you're looking for a person to show up in a certain way. So when we think about culture, we're talking about how we do things around here, how we communicate with each other, how we make decisions, how we treat each other, how we work together. And there are different cultures. So for example, you could have a culture that's more collaborative. Everybody knows that they can rely on the next person to help out in a pinch. And you can rely on each other to get information and mentorship, coaching, and so on. Other cultures are much more competitive in nature. It's not so much a collaborative culture. It's more of a sink or swim on your own. And so if you were more the collaborative type, or one who was used to having more of a helping culture, but you're in the sink or swim on your own culture, and you come to someone asking for something, they may see you as weak, or they might see you as not knowing how to do the job. They may not understand it as a difference between being more collaborative versus maybe more competitive and and mindset. You could also have a culture that's more of a developmental and learning culture. It's okay that everybody doesn't know everything. You're going to learn together and you expect people to come on the job to learn. On the other hand, you might have a culture that says, you know what, we're going to use them up. And then when there's nothing left, we're going to lose them. So a use them and lose them kind of culture or a replaceable cog in a wheel culture. You know, when that cog doesn't work anymore, we put that aside and we get a new cog and we do a little bit of a a surgical replacement there. And they're not worried about the fact that a person's gone. They served their time. They did what they were supposed to do. And now it's time for someone else to step in. Another culture might be much more of a family-oriented culture where all members are valued. And you're thinking about a long-term hire, a long-term commitment to the organization. You want the person to be there for 20 years, maybe for 30 years, as opposed to thinking about a short-term environment or where it might be survival of the fittest or dog-eat-dog, and you can only stay in for five years, and then you've got to switch out of that for your own health and for your own sanity. Some cultures are also fast-moving cultures, so it's fast and furious, and other cultures might be what you might call the steady eddy type of culture. They don't necessarily move too fast. Their emphasis may be on quality, and speed is maybe not as important. So as you think about the abilities, you think about the interests, the values, and the culture, the last part you also want to think about is personality. Some personalities will do better 
in one culture versus another. Where I've often seen a lot of misfit would be a case, I'm thinking of the case where there was a woman who was a CFO in an organization. She actually was very skilled. She knew how to do the job. She had great interest in it. And she liked the values of the company that she was coming into. They stood for quality. They stood for excellence. But there was still a cultural misfit. She was the type who wanted to move along at a more steady pace. And she was in a very fast-paced, startup, entrepreneurial kind of culture. And she had come from more of a stable corporate sort of culture. And so that was very stressful for her. And ultimately, she made a decision to move to a different organization because though she had the skills, the abilities, the interests, and she appreciated the work of that organization and the values of that organization, that work culture and pace was not really playing to her strengths in a sense. So you want to look at the personality piece as well. So as you're thinking about your organization and as you're thinking about who needs to be there, and maybe who maybe doesn't need to be there in terms of hires that you're considering, we do have some tools that we use to help you take a look at all five of these dimensions. And so if you would like to have a conversation with me about the hire that you're looking to make in the near future an executive hire, we can talk about the tools that we have that can help you make a great decision. You'll know upfront what the skills and abilities are of the person. You'll know upfront what their interests are, and the tools will help you to craft the best questions to ask in the interview to assess cultural fit and other pieces that might be important. So be sure to contact me if, in fact, you would like to look at ways to hire in a more productive manner. So before we end today, I want to take a look at a little bit from the story of David and Goliath in our biblical words of wisdom. This comes from 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, and it starts in verse 31. And just to give the backdrop on the story, the Israelites were in a conflict with the Philistines, and the Philistines were a very powerful enemy nation. They had on the Philistine side, this giant, Goliath. He was big, he was tall, he was strong, and he was intimidating to everyone. Nobody on the Israelite side wanted to fight him because here were the terms. Goliath was going to fight one man from the Israelite side. Whoever won that country would be in charge of the ones who lost. Those were very high stakes, and so not that many people were wanting to step up. David, who's a young shepherd boy at the time, barely a teenager, he goes to the front line sent by his father to give food and provisions to his older brothers who are there. And he learns of this challenge from Goliath and he asks people questions about it. Well, you know, what reward is going to be given the person who kills this giant and what's the situation? And he was kind of surprised that no one wanted to face Goliath. And so he was saying, you know what? I'd be willing to fight him. And of course, his brothers wanted him to shut up. They just thought, who are you, you young person coming here? And you've left those few little sheep back in the pasture. You don't even belong down here on the front lines. It's kind of like the mindset that they had about him. However, the king, King Saul, heard that David had said these things. And so this is where we pick up the story 
in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 31. So now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, meaning Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and he's a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So just notice, David had already demonstrated skill and ability for the job. He was interested in the job. And if you don't know the rest of the story, he successfully completed the job, killed the giant Goliath, and Israel now had the Philistines as their servants. So much success on your journey and finding the right people for the job in your organization. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says, contact us. That's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.